What is up, guys, and welcome back to the Sweat It Out podcast. If you want to be successful, look inside. We don't like sitting in the discomfort. Then all of a sudden that day came when I got 20 bucks and two free drinks to do a show, and I was like, oh, shit, here we go, baby. You know? <laughs> Thank God she hasn't caught a chicken yet. Don't be soft. That patience is key. If all my friends are winning, then it's going to make me want to win. What is up, guys, and welcome back to the Sweat It Out podcast. Today we have a very special guest. Thank God we have one live because it's been a while. Oh, they're the best. (laughs) They're definitely the best. Today we have a tremendous mentor, entrepreneur, business coach for over 50,000 entrepreneurs. This guy will make you his next millionaire client. He is the world's most disciplined man. Please help us welcome the one and only Craig Ballantyne. What's up, brother? Oh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, we're glad you Ooh. could come to the studio, man. They're always fun when we can do this. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, zoom schmoom. You got to get in in the person and then bang it out, man. That's oh, the best way to do it. And it's like, and I laugh because we were dying when we said, man, we're going to have somebody in person today. We were so stoked because... It's man, a different energy. The energy, yeah, yeah, the energy is different, different ballgame. Hundred <laughs> percent. So, how you been, man? I know you're here in Miami. I know you've and been loving here. it. <laughs> yeah, we're on the run from Canada, and uh, just been down here. And I mean, I've been to events where there's been 150 people. I've been to events where there's been 30 people, 50 people. I just had a couple with 20 people, and it's the same with. Uh, Zoom meetings versus in-person mastermind meetings. It is. 10,000 times better in person, the connections, breaking bread with people, having meals with people, having those side conversations with people, like the side conversations Mm -hmm. we'll have before and after. You know, I know this podcast is going to be super valuable, but people got to get out there and get back into living and get connecting. Oh, 100%. And it's, 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 I just love the fact that now you're starting to see the real people that are like huge advocates of in in our space and in the coaching world. That they're not being scared to go out there and do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's important, right? People to lead the charge of, like, let's go open, let's go do these live events. Let's go meet up with people again. Let's actually connect with individuals. Because, right, it always takes a certain group of people to start that, you know, that movement going and actually make people feel like, hey, we want to okay. make sure this. Yeah. Exactly. It's okay exactly. because we, we can't sit at home, you know, hiding forever. It's going to get you. It's going to get you. And so you got to get out there and, and start living your life again. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, we live in a freedom state, so, you know, it's yes. pretty, pretty good for us, I, I have to say. I mean, you know, for all the shit that DeSantis was getting, like, early in the pandemic, you know, whether it was justified or not, you know, I think he's done a pretty good job. And we've, uh, you know, it seems like people are healthier and, and happier down here than, yeah. you know, you might see in, like, California or even in Canada, right? Yeah, so in Canada, it's, diff- it's surprising in that Toronto has been super hardcore lockdown, like New York State and, like, California, and, I mean, people are miserable there. We have friends that just haven't moved, even though they physically could. They decided not to. And in Vancouver, which is really weird, it, it's actually been a great place to be for the last year pretty open gyms have been pretty open wow. restaurants have been pretty open since may of last year lower cases they i don't know it, it, i can't explain any of this stuff but i just think like with good common sense you can go out there and still live a pretty good life and obviously be conservative but you know let's get on with it yeah no i, I totally hear you brother i totally hear you and i, and I have a question for you as you know part of obviously you coming down here and and being in miami was COVID you, that main driving factor to get you out here? And 
how was that transition from when COVID did first start? Did it affect your business? And did, did it force you because of business out here? Or was it more because of like just sanity in general that you want to be here? Well, I own a bunch of businesses. So I own, I did own four gyms. I now own two gyms. Uh, two of them were in Toronto area and then two of them were in South Carolina area. And we still have one in each. So those businesses got hit hard. So I, anybody that's listening that owns a gym, I feel your pain. I know what how hard my business partners worked in those gyms to keep things going in hybrid training and all that stuff. So listen, in the last year, those business partners of mine have gone from like seven and a half, eight out of 10 as a leader to like 11 out of 10 as a leader and, and just in their own family and, and the resilience and relentlessness. So a blessing in disguise, really the next 10 years should be much better for them because of this one bad year. Now my online businesses have, have had their best years ever. And, you know, we do coaching mostly for what we call blue collar entrepreneurs, people in the construction space, people in that are accountants that have a blue collar mindset, some gym owners, stuff like that, some online businesses. And most of those people have had record years and wow. especially the supplement guys too. So I was living in Vancouver for the entire first 12 months of the pandemic. I actually hate calling it that for COVID, you know, for, <laughs> for the Rona, you know, for the Rona, I don't even respect it, you know? And so I was out there for, for the Rona and it was a really great place to be. As I mentioned, the weather was nice. And then we actually were coming down here for meetings in March when, you know, there was um, the first kind of mastermind started to happen in outside of Texas. And so we were coming down here. And so we let our lease expire at our condo in, in Vancouver. And then we get down here. My friend, his name is Joel Marion. He's big in the supplement space. He said, oh, yeah, the, we moved the meeting to April. <laughs> 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 so so we were like, oh, yeah, well, we'll just stay another month. And then another month became another month. And then another month is now two more months. Um, because in Canada, for some reason, the infection rate has gotten worse, even though the death rate is down. And so everybody's freaking out up there. And when you go back to Canada, you actually, you have to take a COVID test to, before you get on the flight, then you have to take a COVID test at the airport. Then you have to go to a hotel and pay for, to stay there until you get the results of your COVID test. And then you have to go home and you have to stay in your home for 10 days. So we're not in any rush to go back. That's, that's yeah. why I saw Jonathan Goodman. Do you know Jonathan Goodman? Yeah, yeah I, I, I saw. Him. I saw yeah. that they were traveling today, and that they were they were going through that. They home. were quarantining in a hotel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen. I I can. I have voluntarily stayed in a hotel room for three days in the past on my own because I'm just and generally introverted by nature. And I was at an event and I didn't actually want to go to the <laughs> sessions. <laughs> so so I stayed in a hotel room by myself. But when somebody else is telling you to do it, it's a bit of a pain in the butt. But it's very difficult for the average person to travel um, out internationally because it cost us 500 bucks mm -hmm. on COVID tests alone for me and my fiance to come down here. Now imagine you have a family that just, you know, they've been sh cooped up in Toronto area and, and like you, you can barely travel around. Like people give you a hard time. The, the cops can stop you on the road and ask you what you're doing. Like that's insane. And so imagine like a person who's like, I've had enough. I want to come down here. And they got a couple of kids and maybe they want to bring one of their parents. Now they're like looking at a thousand bucks in COVID yeah, tests. A yeah. ton. It's really difficult for them. Now, I don't dispute that that will probably be helpful, but it is very difficult um, and it makes it very difficult for, for people to move around. And that's unfortunate. So it didn't really drive us down here, although it may have if we had stayed longer because it was normal until we left. And then it got really bad after we left. Um, but I've just seen, I've heard from 
a lot of people in a lot of industries, you know, I, I probably talked about 300 entrepreneurs a week through communication. And it's been wild to see almost every, like 80% of people I know have had great, great years. And then anybody I know in restaurants and gyms have just gotten beat yeah. down. And, and it's horrible because, you know, the, the, the average person, the person that just has a job and wants to, you know, live and just work and, and they've been really hurt and hurt hard and they have no recourse and it's really frustrating. Yeah, I, I know uh, I still have a ton of family in New York State and, you know, f very separated from the city. And uh, they hate, you know, they hate, they hate it just right. because their lifestyle is so, like, I grew up, I mean, you can go anywhere in the outdoors where I'm from mm -hmm. and they wouldn't even let them, you know, they're like, oh, the cops are going to be assholes. They're going to, yeah, exactly. you know, and it's like, it's not New York City. They live with completely, like, th those are tr true blue collar people. Yeah. You know? Um, which like, my mom's 79 years old and, and wanted to have some friends over. And she was worried. Like, she's like, well, they're going to, if there's more than three cars in the driveway, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. And she's worried about my sister, who's a rule follower, like, getting mad at her the next wow. day. Like, come on. Oh, you know, man. it's just yeah. like. That. I mean, didn't they, like, break down some doors in Quebec? And, and they've done that. They've had, they've had cops go to churches, like. Like not just like not just like two three, but they had eight cops at this one church, and this the pastor just yelled at them until they left. I think really I saw that. Yeah, that was yeah. on, that was on social media. It's but then I think they went back with even more the next oh, time. Man. Yeah, it's it's crazy. People have just lost all sense of rational action, and um, you know, like I said, I I bust on my sister for being a rule breaker, but like she and I have completely different approaches to how we've lived our lives in the last 12 months. And, um, you know, we don't egg each other on or anything, but I'm sure she's like, doesn't approve of, <laughs> doesn't approve of my lifestyle of living, <laughs> which is bizarre. I'm, all I know, man, is that, um, it's like what I see through this whole, this whole process of, we want to call it Rona, COVID, pandemic, yeah. whatever we want to call it. It's, it's, you're seeing really people being tested and their true characters coming out in different ways and like things changing in our belief systems and, and the way that we pr uh, move throughout our daily lives and how we're going to continue moving forward. And I think it's just really fascinating to see like where things are going to head forward. You know, I know we, uh, it's funny because we always say post pandemic, post pandemic, but it's just like, it's When's still that gonna happen? Yeah, exactly, yeah. you know. Yeah, so th there's not like it's not like there's a scoreboard with the numbers counting down, and all of a sudden it's official because it's all and like this is now. And again, in the last year, we have seen the acceleration of so much. There's a lot of good stuff that things have accelerated in the last year. Obviously, a lot of bad things, and then um, you know it's just been this human ex uh, psychology experiment and human science experiment of what you know we've done, and and I really think like. You know, I'm 46 years old. I've lived a pretty good life. I don't think you sh we should be sacrificing a six-year-old's future for a person like me. Like, like if I was really at risk of coronavirus, I, I still don't think that, you know, kids should be shut up. Like, listen, I'll, that's too bad for me. That's science. That's nature. Like, that's my risk. We, sh we can't pr protect kids, you know, stop kids from interacting with one another. Yeah. Like, Oh, it's so detrimental. Do you think there's going to be a big setback on that? A uh, I mean, thousand percent. I mean, how could there not be? It, you know, I mean, you've already seen thirty percent increase in calls of teenagers to suicide hotlines. I that mean, is right. I've heard. I mean, who knows what? I mean, you being locked in the house with parents arguing. Like my parents did not have a good marriage, and 
every time they argued, it left an emotional scar on me. Now you lock people up for 12, 15 months, and, you know, it's difficult to not get upset after you've been locked up with somebody, even if you love them, and it's probably really been hurtful to those kids. Now then you throw in, uh, yeah, I'm going to try and get my six-year-old to sit in front of a Zoom all day. I can't even get a 36-year-old to sit in front <laughs> oh, of a Zoom man. for some, an hour. Some Jeez. of my clients, like, I mean, I have one client, they have, uh, I trained both the husband and the wife, and they have four kids under the age of five. You know, like, I would try to train him and her while they were on, it was impossible. Right. You know, the wife was always running in and out of yeah. the of the living room, trying to go help them, and then come back outside, train, go back in there, help them, come back. And I'm just like, I just was thanking God. I'm like, thank God I don't have any kids right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. And then so it's like, but if you're like a single mom with three kids at home who are all over the age of six and you have to like, you know, maybe you're a customer service worker or maybe you're a marketer, maybe you're a lawyer or something, but you can't leave your house and you have to be on Zoom all day, but your kids have to be on Zoom all day. Like, I don't even understand Crazy. how that could possibly work. And obviously it's not going to work well, which leaves those kids behind. And so now your literacy is being hurt. Now your physical activity is being hurt. You've already got, you know, most young people um, in North America are not physically able from what I read, it was like 70% of Americans under the age of 18 are not physically fit enough to join the Marine Corps or something what? like that. Yeah, not That's surprising. Insane. Yeah, yeah. And, and so like you throw, in, you throw in a year of them playing video games <laughs> and ordering DoorDash that ain't going to help things. Well, and, and I think that, you know, that kind of brings me to, to this point is like when you are taking the necessary steps to make yourself healthy, right? When you're taking the necessary steps to make sure you have a robust immune system and a healthy gut biome and uh, a healthy mental state, I feel like you're able to, to your point, kind of go through those that process of rationality a little easier, right? And, and make a, a more clear, concise decision and, and take action on that as compared to just being fearful of the potential that even might be very minimal, but it's still a potential, you know, they're like, oh, well, you might pass it to your loved one. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I haven't seen my grandparents in years, so I doubt it. I think the, the biggest thing to consider when it comes to somebody's diet uh, about them in, in the Rona is their media diet. If you watch CNN, and sometimes it's on at the gym that I go to. I go to anatomy here. It's a fantastic Shout out gym. Mark Magna. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I guy, used to teach group fitness there, on the one on South Beach a long time ago. Dude, that guy is a legend. That facility is legendary. I go to the Midtown one oh, now. Oh, that one's beautiful. It yeah, really is beautiful. great. Opening up one in the Grove. And Coconut Grove. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. So shout out to him for sure. And, and so CNN is sometimes on in there. And I'm just like, wow, if somebody watched this for four hours, which my mother does, uh, unfortunately... Fortunately, she's not terrified of it, but I could see how it would terrify people of so many things. And it's like, you'd be like, I can't do this stuff because you'd also fear the, the shame of doing things. And I'll tell you what, if, if that's you or someone that you know, you probably think no one's out there living their life. But I've been, in the last uh, four weeks, I've been in um, Miami, Tampa, Denver, Vegas, in California, and I think that's it. No, Nashville as well. And, I mean, Nashville and Vegas are pretty hopping. And the Denver airport, I lived in Denver for a year and a half, and I had never seen the airport as busy as it was on Easter, really? Easter Sunday. I mean, okay. the lineup 
Um, actually, it was a Saturday because the lineup. They're the biggest airport too, right? It's a big airport. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Atlanta's a big. The big I'm saying the I know Atlanta in, in traffic, but I think in size, I think Denver. Well, the Den- <laughs> Denver's the airport that's furthest away from downtown. It's like it's impossible. I, I don't understand. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> I it's in the middle of nowhere. I have family over there, so I, <laughs> it's in the middle of nowhere, years. man. And you think. Like, I can have two naps on the way to the airport. <laughs> and it's like, you wake up from one, and you're like, oh, man, I'm halfway there. I guess I'll go back to sleep. But it was on a Saturday, and I I mean, the lineup at Chick-fil-A was like, that's how I know it wasn't a Sunday, because Chick-fil-A was open. But the lineup <laughs> the lineup for Chick-fil-A was six, like, lines deep. I'm, and the lineup for the train was greater than ever. And again, I lived there and i went through that airport probably 50 times in a 15 month stand and it was busier than ever so there are people out there living their lives and you know some people were more cautious than others um but you know what's what's we've been traveling ever since march 1st of last year we've probably been on 20 flights and we uh, fortunately haven't got sick we've you know tested multiple times for events and stuff like that and we were even in south beach uh during Spring break, walking Love up, it. walking up Love ocean. Uh, oh, you should have hit, hit me up if I would have known. We could have joined the riots. Man, we, were, <laughs> we were just like, "Wow, this is this is America." You know, we are Canadians in America, so we can kind of get away with uh, some observations. You know, and then we were in Nashville just the other week, and the the bachelorette parties are in full effect. Oh my in, god! In I Nashville, like that Main Street, Broadway is in full effect. So, people are getting back out there, um, whether they're vaccinated or not. I have no idea, but they are out there. That's for sure. Yeah. So question for you, brother, because I'm curious since you mentioned you had your gyms. Yeah. And obviously we're seeing certain places more pop and more active. Yeah. Are you considering in relocating your gyms or are you considering just not opening them up again? Uh, so the one in Toronto, we will not open up again. Um, the reason the one the one of the ones in South Carolina went, to, went bad is, and this is a, a great lesson for anybody that owns multiple locations of anything is that the two locations were too far apart. And my business partner was, uh, you know, he just had, he had a young family. So they're three hours apart, they're, they're fit body boot camps, And it's just, it was just not sustainable in the long run. And we opened them too soon. So that's a, that's a huge mistake that I made that I don't want other people to make. Like you think, oh, yeah, this one's doing well. We'll just open another one. No, you got to have that thing like well-oiled machine to use a cliche before you open the second one. So we might open another one closer to Charleston, which is where our other one, our best performing one is. And then in Toronto, I don't know what we're going to do because we even let the lease expire the second one. So we're just renting space in somebody else's place right now. And again, they're really, really restricted up in Toronto. A lot of gyms, a lot of businesses are going out of business. So in a few months from now, should things get better, then there may be an opportunity to scoop up uh, a more favorable lease because, I mean, you're talking about Toronto, you're talking about probably the second highest price real estate in Canada. You know, Vancouver is actually even higher. But, you know, it's really expensive for square footage. So, I mean, that stuff alone could kill you. And if you get a good deal, though, you can really have a good opportunity. So It's, it's funny because we were talking about this right before you are coming. We were talking about... Um, opening up a gym all this stuff and how you were telling me about the uh in puerto rico you mentioned all that yeah one of my friends was like oh you know we should and (laughs) he's a restaurateur he's like we should open a gym in puerto rico because he lives there too i was like so pretty much what you're telling me is 
<laughs> I, I'm going to be opening a gym. You don't know anything about gyms or fitness. I'm like, I'm not, no, nah, I'm okay right now, man. I'm not, I'm not ready to take that jump. It is, it is really something that most trainers don't realize what they're getting themselves into. And, you know, hence the boom in online fitness, because when a hundred million people get kicked out of their gyms in one month, like, Hey, it's gold rush for everybody in the online fitness coaching space. And a lot of people are realizing, you know what, this is probably, probably a better approach for me as the owner to take back some more control and freedom in my lifetime, which, you know, I think is is something that people should really consider before they get into anything is what's this going to cost me, not just what are the opportunities. Well, and also they think about the maximal potential that something has, right? Mm -hmm. They never really think about the downside and they're like, oh, I'm going to make so much money. It's like, well, have you really run the numbers here? Like, do you really know what the overhead's going to be? Especially like in places like Miami, Toronto, sure. right? Where the real estate is, is insane. Yeah. It's the same as when, you know, my friend Bedros and I, we, you know, we ran a lot of seminars and people will just sit there and go, okay, well, let's see, there's uh, 500 people in this room. We all paid like a thousand dollars a ticket. That's $500,000. And then they sell a little bit more, man, they making a killing here. You don't realize it's probably costing you a quarter million dollars to put on that event. And, and it just is incredibly difficult to sell the, the event. And then in addition to selling the event, you are sacrificing selling other stuff when you're selling the event. So I ran events up until 2019. And I actually said at the end of the 2019 event, we had 300 people there. I said, this is the last time we're going to do this event because it was really a full-time job for somebody all year long. Then it was all the money into it. Man, it's, it's a, you know, gyms, live events, restaurants. It's a tough, tough game. Yeah. And you really have to have the systems in place and then you also have to be the type of person who's not overly sensitive to the turnover. The turnover in the fitness industry, as you guys know, is yeah. It, I mean, is, we worked at Equinox. We know my, we know better than anybody. Turnover was insane. We yeah, better, so, I, I saw so, thousands of trainers come and go in that. Managers and a half years. too, was, not um, just trainers. Tons of managers. Yeah. So it's unfortunate. And so once you accept what game you're going to play, then you have a, a better headset about it. But it's like it's like telling somebody like who's never heard of football and saying hey come come on we're gonna go play a game and then in having them join a game of tackle football and them not knowing and then like getting ran over by somebody they're gonna like hey that's not fair it's like well no that's how it's played and it's like oh well i didn't know that <laughs> mm. and it's like that's how a lot of gym owners because oftentimes they're trainers in a successful gym and they're they're doing the numbers in their head and they're like well i'm getting paid you know this much money and all the other trainers are getting paid this much money but the gym's keeping this much money like man, this is a, they must be making a ton of money. Mm -hmm. And and they don't know all the other things yeah. that go into the it. headaches. Right. Yeah, like how much money did they put into knocking the walls down and putting the bathrooms in and all that sort of stuff? Like yeah, People just don't do experience. those calculations. Well, and also people people think like, oh, well, I'm selling, I'm selling like the system I have. It's like, well, you know, maybe, or maybe you're selling memberships, mm -hmm. you know, and like that's a whole nother animal right yeah. there. You know, if you're in like that type of gym space where, you know, like Equinox, you know, you're, I mean, you're really, you're there to sell memberships. That's, that's what drives the needle there. It's like, yeah. that's a difficult game in itself. You know, it's like, how do you convince people that like 150 to 250 bucks a month is worth it? Especially now with the amenities closed, right. you know, um, a lot of places still need to wear masks inside of there. I mean, luckily they, they got rid of that here. Yeah. But one, one other thing is that I've always been fascinated by fitness professionals because they will do one of the hardest things in the world. And then they have 
difficulty with one of the things that isn't as hard. And so, so what I mean by that is because the one thing that they won't do that's not that hard stops them from having a successful business because a lot of trainers go and open up their gym and they struggle at sales, right? But then I go and speak at Fitness Business Summit and I look out in the crowd and I go, I betcha half of these people have dieted down to single-digit body fat, stepped on stage in their underwear in front of a couple hundred strangers and let them be judged. And yet those same people, when it comes to asking for money in their business, are too scared of the rejection. It, it was just Old. so fascinating mm -hmm. that somebody can be so strong in an area. Like it takes way more discipline to diet to single-digit body fat than it does to say, Mrs. Jones, you know, do you want option A or option B? And I don't know, it's because they didn't know how to phrase it properly or they were just fearful of the rejection or what, but so many businesses, so many gyms and businesses in general fail because they are fearing that rejection of sales and online fitness coaches too. Yeah. I mean, I, that definitely comes into my, I mean, even now, like comes into my mind a lot with, with my online business, like, oh, am I asking for too much money? Am I, you know, and then I have to remind myself like, oh, fuck that. Like you're here for a reason. Right. These people got in this call with you because you know what you're doing. Yeah. Like whether or not they, they want to actually finally take that step or not is, is a kind of a dance that you have to play with them. But that doesn't mean that I need to lower my price. No, no. And, and it's, it's also every single sales call, sales interaction is an experiment. Okay. If, they, if I got the wrong result, what did I do? Was it really just the price? Or did I not do a good enough job at the start of the sales call finding out what the real problem was? Or did I not do a good enough job explaining what the benefits were of the program or how it would be delivered? Were they clear on how this online training was going to work? Did they find it too intimidating? Did they think to themselves, because there's a, there's a list of objections. One, that people don't think that it works in general. Two, they don't think that it works for people like them. Or three, they don't think that it will work for them because of some fault on their side. And, and most trainers only focus on the first objection. No, no, this works. This works. But will it work for that end user? And then will it work for the end user in a way in which the end user wants it to work for them? So, for example, like I did hire a trainer at Anatomy, and he's awesome guy. But it's like the old phrase, when all you have is a hammer, everything is a nail. I don't want high-intensity fat loss training. I don't need high-intensity fat loss training. I don't want to sweat anymore. I spent 15 years making workout videos on the internet. I have sweated enough, even though I'm on the sweated out podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to make you sweat I, a little bit more. Right. I will only sweat because of the Miami heat. And, <laughs> and so I want to go in there and get a great strength training workout and and have someone work on my form because I'm 46 years old and I played a lot, bought a, a lot of sports and lifted weights improperly when I was younger. And I, but I still want to get stronger, but I don't need high intensity training. And yet he's sometimes errs on the side of delivering what he knows, which is what everybody else wants. Everybody else wants high intensity fat burning workouts. That's not how I want my problem to be solved. And so sometimes I'm not getting what I want. And if I was real picky about it, then I would be like, oh, okay, I'm not going to sign up again. But I just need to communicate better to them. But sometimes with, especially my online coaching business, we have sales guys who will say, oh, and you're going to get access to this video training and this video training and this video training. 
And that's not how my coaching clients want their problem to be solved. They don't have time for the problem to be solved that way. So sometimes we have talked ourselves out of the sale when what you really need to do is listen yourself into a sale by asking the right questions, listening for the right information and going, ah, I see how I need to present the offer. Because at the end of the day, we're going to get our clients results. We just need to make sure that we're getting them results in the way they want to get the results. I so love that. I absolutely love that. And I'm sorry for interrupting. It's just because it's like when I sit back, it's like I even tell my clients, I'm like, you can't coach anybody unless you can coach them through a call first. Yeah. You know, and it's really what it is. And I tell a lot of, especially the coaches, because they hear the word sales and they frighten, right? Or a lot of them yeah. like, oh, but I don't want to be a pushy sale. And, and especially with trainers, you see, it's a very common thing. Oh, but I don't like to do sales. I don't want to. So I always be like, hey, you're being a coach. You're just coaching them through the call. So that way you can coach them afterwards with what you're really trying to provide the solution with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I try to use like, obviously I let them know sales is important. So I asked them, hey, if the word sales scares you, what word do you want to replace that word with? And I kind of use that. And it, for me, it's helped get that message across to them. And I see that they ease into it a lot better. Or I'll let them know, hey, selling is serving. What is, right. a, what is a common word that, that they use to replace that? You're saying like the trainers? Yeah. I know all of them use different ones, but a lot of them will be like, oh, I like to use coaching, for example. Like coach, like what I'll say, coaching them through a call. They'll say, hey, I like that. I like that word better, coaching them through a call. Yeah. Or a lot of people. So, so oh, instead of saying sales, I just like to say serve, service. Okay. Um, so I've gotten different words like that. Everybody has their own word. I'll let them create their own word. I'll be like, what word would make you feel better? Create a word that would make you feel better for sales. Okay. And it's just helped them, I guess, mentally just to be able to, okay, when we approach this, it's not like, oh, I feel like I'm... I'm trying to push somebody to do something because that's whole their whole thing is like I feel like I don't want to make somebody feel like I'm forcing them to do something. No. I'm one of those right? people. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's just it's persuading them. It's like every single if if you got kids, you're you're selling every day. But what you're really doing is persuading them. You know, persuade your child to brush their teeth before they go to bed. You're persuading somebody to invest in their health so that they can play with their kids. They can have more energy. They can you know, regain the spark in their love life. You're just persuading somebody to do something that's for their own good. So at the end of the day, everybody listening, if, if you do fear the S word, you know, just remember that it's really <laughs> about the P word. You're just persuading somebody to take an action that some that should be forced on them, but, you know, it, it's going to be their voluntary choice. So how, let's say you're in that sales call or, or persuasion call, we'll, we'll call it, um, and it's it's just not hitting with the with the person you're trying to sell to, right? For that exact reason that you mentioned earlier, right? You're trying to pitch them on all this stuff that just doesn't align with with where they're at or where their mindset is and what they think that they need to do to get to where they want to be. Yeah. How do you recognize that mid call, and then pivot? Well, the the easiest thing is is that you should have almost like a little stopwatch running in your head. And if your stopwatch is past like 30 seconds, you're talking too much. You're talking too much. And at the end of the day, you need to simplify things as much as possible. On that, on that sales call or that persuasion call, the other person should be talking 80 or 90% of the time. And when you get to that point, you should have been a diligent listener, making great notes on all the problems that they're having right now, the things that are holding them back from getting the results, you should know exactly what the results are that they want to get. And so, you know, if you use it, if you make a little mental picture in your head, right now they're at point A, which is the painful prison. They're in a painful prison right now, whether it's with respect to weight loss um, or health or energy or, 
you know, they're an online fitness coach who's, you know, has a bunch of followers, but can't, can't replace their income from the gym. And they're really frustrated. You know, that's the point a, then they paint the picture of uh, here's where I want to be. You know, I want to be able to support my family. I want to be able to take them on vacation. I want to be able to, you know, just make sure that they have everything that I didn't have when I was growing up or, you know, if someone was, you know, losing weight, it's like, I want to have energy. I want to be there when my kids graduate college and that sort of stuff. Okay. That's point B, which is the promised land. So you're at point A, you want to get to point B of the promised land from the painful prison. There's a huge gap there. And the only way to fill this gap is with our program. Our program is going to fill that gap. It's going to get you those results that you want. And that's it. Like, do they really have to know exactly how they're going to get there, that the workouts are going to be high-intensity, metabolic? Like, <laughs> no. And that's no, the truth. They like, don't. And, then pe- and really, people don't really truly care about those full-blown details. They just want to know what the – they just want to know they're going to get the result. Yeah. I mean, I've, right? I've caught myself, like, mid-call sometimes being like, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about your sm-. – and then I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? They don't even know what any of this is. <laughs> like, and they don't care. stop talking about that. Just put it in terms that they're going to understand. If, yeah, if, if it sounds – if it's something you wouldn't say to a fifth grader, don't say it. Don't say it. It's just like if they want to know how it works, they will ask. Otherwise, they'll just be like, okay, great. Um, how many days a week? How much time? Okay, awesome. Perfect. Uh, when can we get started? Yeah. You know, that, that's really it. It's, did you listen? Did you show them that you listened? Show them that you have a solution. Show them, probably more important than telling them what they're going to get, show them that you've helped somebody as close as possible to them. Yeah. You know, and that's why... The more success stories you have uh, with handy notes, and, and you know you should be prepared in advance. Like, oh, I'm getting on the phone with Tammy. She's 38 year old pediatric nurse. Great. Well, that reminds me of you know 41 year old Claire. She was an oncology nurse. She had you know 3.1 kids. Tammy only has 1.7 kids. Great. So she, we can you know when she says, well, I have 1.7 kids. I'm like, no. Oh, well, meet uh, you know Claire. She had 3.1 kids. So <laughs> you know she, if she can do it, you can do it. That's <laughs> That's what you need. You need that um, social proof, which is so key. Relatability right there. Yeah, man. just like if they can do it, you yeah. can do it. We're going we're gonna to get through this. So. It's funny because at the end of the day, you see when you look at it, it's like it's trust, mm-hmm. right? Like do they trust in you? Do they trust also in them themselves? I you think know, that's, that's the biggest one though, right? It's like trust, more, more than trust in you because I feel like most people wouldn't hop on that call with you and, and spend that hour or 30 minutes, whatever it is, if they didn't have some relative trust in you. I feel like it's a lot more internalized then even we make it out to be. If you do a good job with your social media, you know, if you do a good job with your podcast, if you do a good job with whatever it is that you're putting out there, your email marketing, you should have a pretty good amount of trust. Now, if you are running Facebook ads to to something, like we do run Facebook ads to free report, from free report, email series to a long video, which then sells a free call, but then they're doing the free call with somebody, like I don't do my sales calls, so now my sales guy has to build trust with, with uh, or saleswoman. I have um, my my fiance is our best salesperson, and so shout out, yeah, yeah, shout, shout out, out. To, shout out to Michelle. Woo! Yes, oh man, she's she's. We're gonna have to bring her on here next time with you. World's greatest <laughs> sales salesperson, absolutely, and uh, and she'd love to be here. And so, real quick, there's always something about having a woman salesperson. I'm I was gonna say, I feel like women are much better salespeople, and yeah, across I mean, the board it's, than, it's than pro- us. Probably, women. truly, you is. think we're just too aggressive? <laughs> we're just like, just buy it already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on, What's this. Yeah, and so. You know, she 
showed our guys how to build that trust at first because the person, like you said, that was really good insight that you had. The person has to trust themselves. They have to trust the program. They have to trust the company or, you know, the, the person who designed the program. But then they also have to trust the person on the call with them. Um, if it's just you and your business and you generated the lead through your social media, chances are the trust will be pretty high already. Hopefully that's not going to be a factor. But if it's somebody, like maybe it was somebody who follows you and referred a friend, and the friend is like, okay, I'll give this person 20 minutes of my time, see if see if I like them. Well, then, yeah, you do have to have your trust game on yeah. point. And it's, sure. so, and it's so funny because the thing is like, the tr- it's like I've noticed like now with when it comes to the social proof and you have other ac- factors, you know, external factors with credibility, podcasting, all that stuff. It really comes down to where I've realized, at least obviously in the coaching space and, you know, I'm dealing with working with coaches. So a lot of coaches have a better level of awareness mm-hmm. uh, it, when it comes to like working with others than them trying to do with their general population. So it's a different kind of bog park ball game when you're playing with coaches selling coaches or when you're trying to sell the general population because what i come across now more than anything and i think it's just because of obviously corona had a huge factor in that was like you're seeing more and more coaches just coming like becoming coaches in the fitness space and it's becoming like overly i don't want to say the word saturated but yes i can say like it's there's more and more and it's just eating up that space and you're, what you're well, getting it was, now it was lately, saturated when i sold my first program on the internet well, they, in 2001, <laughs> so right? there you go like yeah. it's 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 continuing to get more saturated. It certainly is. Um, but at the same time, if you go outside in whatever city you live in and you look uh, on the streets, you'd be like, no, yeah, we could use a little more saturation in our industry because yeah. we aren't doing that good of a job, True. apparently. And do you do you see the the trend shift more to like that? Because obviously with, with COVID, with Corona, it was all online. Like it was really the only thing that you could do, right? right? Do you see it? staying at you know maybe more than 50 percent, everyone just going fully online or do you see that maybe leveling off and coming more with to the, the hybrid with the, model with the coach having, yeah with the coach yeah i would say that um i think the majority of people who have succeeded online are not going back i'm like, not going back that's yeah. why i moved yeah <laughs> i was like like, Get me out. like once you got a taste of like i don't have to be anywhere at a certain time yeah. you know I don't have to wear pants. Like, like people get hooked on the, I don't have to wear pants pretty quick. That's how I got hooked on training. And gen- I was like, you, I can, I was like, right. As a strength coach, I was like, I get, you're going to give me athletic clothes and I can <laughs> wear those to work. Like, yeah, sign me up. Yeah. But it's true. It's like, and also I know we talked about it one time. It's like, also to you, it takes what, 90 days to create a new habit. So if, if you're liking what you've done over and over again after those 90 days and it's working for you, you're enjoying it, you're probably going to keep doing it. Yeah. You know, whether it's your job or, you know, you working from home, working online, training at home, training online. Obviously, everybody wants still a taste. You need human connection. But that's why I think it's still going to be high up there. Yeah. Not going to be completely faded off. Yeah. So so I have a I have a client named Anna Quinn. Shout out, Anna Quinn. Shout and, out again. And then, uh, you know, she's a trainer in Newport Beach. And she just loves people. Right. And so she's like, I want to maybe have like five hours of training a week and the rest is online. Great. That That's going to be. That'll be like the hybrid model I see is pretty popular. And then, you know, I I just have some guys who are hardcore. I was born to run a gym, be in a gym, the people around me, seeing the people sweat, correcting technique, that sort of stuff. And you will have those people as well. And I think that the fitness industry still has room to grow, huge room to grow. 
And especially in the, you know, the diversification of offerings that are out there, you know, from, you can go to a, you can go to a, there's, I didn't know this until the weekend, there's rowing, um, like cycle shop franchises, like it's called Row House. It's a franch fitness franchise where there's nothing but rowing machines. That's a special kind of hell in my life. You know, <laughs> you, Agreed. You you could not pay me if, if that was the Mark, only Mark type is a yeah, huge roller. Mark is a huge roller. Get his own. I franchise. know that's right. That's right. It, and you, the skier. I watched you, him do the skier for sixty minutes one time. I was like, I'm gonna fucking throw up. My, wow. I I didn't even work out. I just stared at him. Forget that. In that pain cave on South he Beach. Loves it. Isn't well, it you know, it. certain type of mentality. <laughs> yeah, there, you yeah. Know? It's like yeah. I mean, only, that's why I didn't. Only a handful of people have that. So. But I couldn't do it. But, I mean, you have franchises that are rowing machines. Okay, well, I mean, that's fascinating. And so if that can exist and flourish, then you have Pilates and you have bar and you have cycle First, a climber only, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, great, great. Whatever it takes to get people into fitness. And so, you know, th those people who are like, man, I don't want to only do online. Great. You have an opportunity to go out there and there's... Plenty of people, there'd be a great rebound effect from people being shut in. They're going to, you know, they're going to have to learn how to talk to other people, uh, you know, in the first week back, <laughs> remember how to socialize, but <laughs> soon they'll get over it and, and it's going to be really, really great. And people are, I think this is going to be, you know, in two years from now when people realize if something else comes along, I don't want to be scared out of my mind because I let myself go for the yeah. last 10 to 15 years. So, you know, people are going to be healthier, I hope. And that means a, a ton of opportunity for everybody listening. The cool, the one other cool thing about online training, man, you, you know, my friend, my business partner who had to shut down the Toronto gym, he's getting virtual clients from Australia. I mean, that's just, you know, no other word to describe it other yeah, neato. You know, mm -hmm. it's just really cool that you can serve somebody around the world, and so your entire audience is global. And that's really fantastic. So that's another you, thing that's going to hook people to the virtual aspect. Do you plan on incorporating some kind of virtual aspect or hybrid model to your gyms? Yeah. So we so the South Carolina one did really, really great at it at first. But it just became a little bit of virtual fatigue for people because they want to be in that boot camp. You know, it's a lot of it is moms. So, you know, if, if a mom, most of her day is spent either talking to a computer or talking to a two-year-old. And it's like, I need human interaction. So yeah, they did okay with the Zooms when there was no other option. But once the option came, I want to go back to the gym. Most of the people, except for those people who, you know, for one reason or another was very concerned about, you know, getting sick um, for whatever reason, they didn't go back. But most people did because there's a type of person who absolutely loves community fitness. And that cannot be replicated virtually. Now, do we still stream those things? Sure. And, you know, maybe now when they go on vacation, we don't have to, you know, we used to just like, oh, we'll make a custom workout for you. And it was a pain in the butt. Now it's just, hey, you can just zoom in and, and do it virtual. And it's almost like being here. So we will always have it. Um, I think that most businesses will always have some virtual component, just like, you know, any restaurant that wasn't doing delivery before ha obviously had to go to delivery, and now they will always have delivery. Um, we were just at an event here with a guy named Pete Vargas, and Pete Vargas sets up Tony Robbins events and Dean Graziosi and all this stuff. And Legends. Yeah, and he's he actually helped Grant Cardone with the recent... Um, the 10X? Yeah, with the recent 10X. 
and they made $13 million with only 2,500 people in the audience, but 20,000 people at home. He Incredible. So Grant probably took home way more money from this one compared to the one when he had 30,000 and maybe even when he had 13,000 or whatever in Vegas because of the hybrid model. And so uh, Pete has this incredible system set up where somebody who's at home actually checks in face to face with somebody. Like it's exactly like being at the conference and there's people that come and assist you and they put you in mini Zoom rooms and all this stuff. And so now Tony, when he does a 5,000 person unleash the power is going to have is going to make more money because he's going to allow a hundred thousand people at home to sit there and go through it virtually for a smaller amount but who couldn't get to singapore to go to the event so those things will always be this hybrid gyms will be hybrid restaurants will be hybrid of dine-in and delivery like Everything's going to be this half in, half virtual thing from now on, which now is you're getting more good in a way. That couldn't have access to this knowledge. Now right. they're able to tap into this knowledge. Exactly, exactly. It's not no longer going to be five hundred people get to or five thousand people get to go to traffic and conversion in San Diego. No, five hundred thousand people can go, including people in India who can only have, who can barely afford you know seventeen dollars. Maybe they can afford yeah. that uh, streaming something, which will then help them. Uh, help themselves. It's funny because I, I, me and Josh laugh because we were, we talking about it every now and then on the podcast. It's like now what you're seeing is now you're seeing a lot of people who are just cons- overly consuming so much information yeah. from way too many people and they're not just sticking to one first and actually doing something with it because like, oh, but that system, I started it, oh, but, oh, but I got to do this system now. Yeah. Okay, now I got to crumble this one and then start <laughs> this one. Then, so like, what do you tell somebody or clients you're working with or any individual that's looking into like, getting a coach or a mentor or a program and wants a system for whatever it is that they're doing. Well, how do you address that? Especially when it's somebody who's like that I'm looking at all this information. I'm here. I'm there. I just don't know what to do. Like I'm overwhelmed. I, I need to do something with something like right yeah, away. It's a great question. And it's very, you know, it's like when we go to a buffet, we can't decide. And so we just take a little bit of everything. And at the end of the day, you should, you should choose your mentor, you know, just go and say, for the next six months, I'm going to follow this one person's advice. I'm in one coaching program. I'm not going to be in three coaching programs that address the same thing. Now, if I'm going to have another coaching program that's different, great. That's for a totally different side of the business. Awesome. But just have that singularity of focus. Follow that path. And then if you're the coach in those things, focus on getting people quick victories. So, man, All the information in the world is out there. It's on YouTube. It's in libraries. And the thing that's holding people back from success is not more information, but it's action on the information. How do you get people to take action on the information? Accountability is the secret ingredient. So in all of our coaching, we focus on what's the quickest victory that we can get you so that we can get a return on your investment as quickly as possible. We aim for 48 hours to get somebody some money back in their business and hopefully all of it. And then from there, we just want them to continue. Because if you get a quick victory, whether it's in fitness or whether it's in business, you get that dopamine hit and now you have momentum. And when you have momentum, you have motivation to come back tomorrow and do it again. If you go to the gym, you don't get a, you know, you have a bad workout, you know, you have a trainer and the first training session, they only do an assessment and you don't have any of that, uh, you know, good feelings. What are, what are those called? Uh, again, I'm drawing on, you know, what, what are the exercise good feeling hormones? 
Endorphins. Uh, thank you. Thank you. The endorphins. We got a content creator over I here. Know, yeah. Slapping us with Shout the... out. Woo! And so if you don't have any endorphins from the first workout, and you're like, well, that, that was boring, and I don't really feel sweaty, and I don't have any endorphins from it, you're going to be like, well, I don't even know if I'm going to go back to the next one. Or if you have a bad workout, it's the opposite of giving momentum and motivation. So that person's going to drop out of the program. But the person who goes and has a good workout and who's encouraged to go and eat well and two days later steps on the scale and, and you know, maybe it's water weight, whatever, they see that they have dropped a pound. Those are all the dopamine hits you need to get somebody to give you three to four weeks. And in three to four weeks, of course, you can get them great results and great feelings. And if you get them through three to four weeks, now they become a lifer. And that's what you need to do. So anybody who's consuming a lot of information, you just have to sit there and go, okay, I'm only allowed to choose one mentor. And choose that mentor and then go all in on their stuff and aim for the thing that will give you a quick victory. You know, ask if you can get connected with them, whether through Instagram DMs or whether through their coaching program, ask them for how can I get the fastest results so that I have the confidence to stick to this and then do that for the next, you know, six months. Most coaches are going to get you to the end result. Uh, but if, you know, it's like when I was in the doing fitness coaching, I always said every diet will work. It's just the person doesn't work. Now, you got to find the right diet for your mindset and for your beliefs and for your schedule. But you put anybody on a diet and you, f and you get them to actually stick to it, almost any of these things will work. And it's the same with a coach. You know, if a coach has been around for 10 years, the coach has been around for 10 years because the system works. So commit to it, follow it. And, you know, after six months, you know, you can say, is this going fast enough or am I having enough fun or do I want to switch over? But that, that's the secret there. Oh, a hundred percent. And I, and I think too, you know, adding on to that is you talked about taking action, but then also, you know, understanding that you need to assess what that action actually brought to you, brought to the table. And then do I have to revise it or should I just continue down that path? Yeah. I read a great quote from Elon Musk today and he said, um, you know, the speed of iteration is everything in his companies. And what that means is he encourages his, his team members to, do f to go through feedback loops as quickly as possible. So come up with idea, build idea, test idea. If you do that every single day, man, in you get 365 days, you get 365 experiments. You're going to get better. It's like if you only do it one sales call per week, are you really going to get good at sales? No, you got to do two or three per day, including role plays with friends. If you can't really book sales calls and that's 15 calls a day, you're going to get so much better, so much faster than somebody that does one sales call mm -hmm. per week. If you only go to the gym once every three weeks, your squat form is not going to improve as much as somebody who goes and, and squats three times per week. So it's just the iteration cycle. Is the more that you can go through it, the more feedback you get. Now, the one thing you have to consider there is you need to get feedback from an expert there because I can go and play a round of golf every single day for 365 days, and I will get better to a point, but then I will just hit a plateau because I'm not an expert. I'm not getting expert feedback on it, and then I might actually um, – go the other way in my in my results and actually get worse because I'm getting angry or I might get injured because of my swing. So you do have to insert expert feedback into that iteration loop. But if you can do that, 
you can become very, very good at almost any skill pretty darn quick. I love that. I absolutely love that. And it's so true because you do need that feedback loop. Yeah. You know, and you need it constantly and you need it fast, fast. And it's like one of the things I preach, I'm like, you know, fee- uh, failure is, is the, is the king of feedback, right? So you want to fail multiple times quickly so that we can get that information back and actually learn how to make the successful steps necessary to not repeat those same mistakes and see what the result and get the result you're looking for Yeah, in the coaching space that you're in and, and with all the amazing coaches like yourself, who are you seeing some of the, who are you seeing or who do you believe are some of the biggest disruptors right now in the coaching space who are doing things like this, where they're constantly giving the best feedback, where they're constantly driving the best coaching materials and really driving people results. The, the, the thing that really hit me the hardest in, um, in the last couple of weeks. So we had a mastermind here in Miami. And so Pete Vargas was there and what he was saying about the, the hybrid events, that was really powerful and anybody that's doing the challenges these days, that's really powerful. That was a huge disruptor in 2020 was people getting into mm-hmm. challenges. And then there was this guy named Ryan Stuman. Have you guys ever followed Ryan Stuman? No. About to right after this. Yeah, he, so he's on Instagram. He's a hardcore closer. He's, he's a Texan. So, you, you, you know, <laughs> love that. That's what you're going to get. Hardcore. Yeah. And so, you know, he's he's one of those uh, bad guys gone good, you know, had that that path and, you know, from jail and kind of turned his life around and everything. And he said in his coaching program, what keeps people for a long time is that they don't just coach on growing your business, but they bring in experts on, and, and the traffic and funnels guy, uh, Taylor, Taylor Welsh and Chris Evans do this yeah, really Taylor well. Taylor Welsh is great. Yeah. So they teach their clients, not just to make money, but to invest the money, how to keep the money, you know, tax strategies to keep the money, all legal, of course. And then also like, <laughs> He's like let me put that out. There. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> listen, there, there's tax strategies yeah. that aren't legal and there's tax strategies that are. And so it's, but then also like they're bringing them along in real estate investing. And it's like, Oh man, I mean, I have access to that information through like some of my clients do multifamily real estate investing. I'm not teaching enough of that in my own mastermind groups to my clients. And now I'm making it aware and I'm matching my coaching clients with some of my other coaching, like my entrepreneur coaching clients who have supplement companies and who have great cash flow. And he's got, well, I don't know where to put my money. And now I'm introducing him to some other people in the group. Or I'm introducing the, what Ryan was saying is he introduces his clients to other speaking events or podcasts so that he's getting them. He's basically like being their own PR company. I'm like, it's it's a holistic approach of the coaching program. I I've been doing this for a long time, introducing people. Like, I had this one coaching client up in New York City. He sold a, a company to PayPal. I'm coaching him on his new business in the credit card space. But then he mentions to me that his his daughter, 16-year-old daughter, wants to be a singer-songwriter. And she's, like, got all these songs, and he's got a home studio. And he's like, I don't know the next step. And I just randomly have a client in Nashville who owns a music studio He's a Grammy award-winning oh, songwriter. I'm Perfect. like, I introduced them. Now she has an EP done down in Nashville. She's Good for filmed, her. Yeah, filmed That's three awesome. professional videos. That's amazing. And it's like, I want to make those connections all day mm-hmm. long. Uh, and and it's just, it really gives me a kick, but it also adds tremendous more value. So in the coaching space, if you are doing only what people came uh, to you for, that's not good enough anymore. You got to go above and beyond and look at all their best interests. 
um, and helping them not only make more money, but then invest that money properly and take advantage of all the opportunities they have. I mean, we were uh, talking about that on, on a previous podcast about, you know, you're, you're not really going to see, I think maybe more siloed, like vertical approaches, but a, a ton of horizontal growth where you start adding all of that extra value into the coaching program. Right. Because these otherwise your successful clients are out there looking for, man, I got to go and find a wealth advisor. I got to go and find, you know, I'm a crypto advice. Yeah. Like, you know, do, what do I do with my money? And, and we actually have experts come on and talk about that stuff. And, and it's like, I don't even know how to get started or I, should I go out and buy a single family home and go down that horrible path of like managing 12 homes or, you know, what do I do? And so they're either out there on their own wasting time and energy, or you can almost have like a concierge service where you bring that stuff in. And now they're like, why on earth would I ever leave? That was, that was Ryan's big message. Why on earth would I, would I ever leave Ryan's mastermind if he's doing everything for me and because he knows he's been successful. He's made a bunch of money. He knows what the next step is and he knows what the next step is beyond that. And he knows what the next step is beyond that. And he knows what problems come at each one of those steps. And so he's already got your back on it. And it's just like, that was a, that was an aha moment for me. Wow. That's awesome. No, that's really cool. And, I, and what I love, though, is in the coaching space and as coaches, it's funny because I feel like being a coach, we're just connectors. We're, yeah. we're like some mm -hmm. of the biggest connectors and have some of the biggest networks without even knowing it at first when you first start too, right? right. You only look at you only look at your job, what you're doing, and then you realize you're like even back at Equinox. We oh, trainers, I was just gonna say that. We're like, yeah, you beat me to I it. I was like, holy crap! Like, my I'm, clients I'm are like, what? What restaurants? Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, you right. know, and you end up. Can you help me get a table at the club? Huge. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, I got this person who needs this. I got this person who that. Let me connect you with him. Let me connect. Hey, you speaking that. of that, do you guys know a, a promoter in Miami named Perp? Purple? purple, of course I know. Yeah, purple. I mean, yes. everybody so, knows. Everybody so we knows met like him. Purple's like, hilarious. He is. We met He's him. He's a the, fucking riot. We met him the very first week that we were here, and we can't stop watching his Instagram stories. But they're, absurd. Like, the they're absurd. They're absurd. What's that? Mo? Him and Mo? Uh, not Mo. Well, there's Mo Mi Garcia. I know the other person I know is Mr. Miami. I met. That oh, person. Mr. Oh, Miami. Yeah. Too, yeah. yeah. I used to train a lot of the uh, the VPs that live. They're not there anymore. Obviously, this guy was the yeah. this guy's the nightlife club. The plug. <laughs> there you this go. Guy right here. Well, you live on South Beach for six years. You're gonna you're gonna meet a couple of people. <laughs> exactly, and that's the great thing. And so you know, but going back to that connection thing, I was very introverted 20 years ago, and yet I still built a massive network through an email newsletter interview. Uh, series that I had. So this is before podcasts. This is like two, literally 2001. Wow. And I connected with the biggest names in fitness because I had grown an email list and people knew that if you could get interviewed in Craig's email list, it would be beneficial for your business or your products or your books or whatever it is you were trying to promote. And I did that all from behind a computer as a guy who didn't like going to events and wasn't a, you know, a schmoozer or anything. So that network served me so well, and it was the springboard. I just, it had that aha moment. Like, the more people you know, the easier everything in your life Crazy. is. Crazy. I met my fiance because I asked one of my coaching clients who was a, a business coach for women in Toronto. I'm like, you know smart, successful women. 
introduced me to some find me a good woman yeah and so so she sent me five instagram profiles and i went nope nope nope, nope, nope. <laughs> and 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 then i'm like oh wow i'm that ingrateful guy so i did what any guy would do i went to her instagram and i looked at all the people she was following and i got through 30 girls and i saw this one girl and her name was michelle and i'm like why didn't you introduce me to her and and she said, well, she actually lives in Vancouver now. I was still in Toronto at the time. And I said, well, I still love an introduction and, and the rest is history. But it was because I knew her. And it was just a matter of the more people you know, the easier everything in life is. You know, from getting a table at a restaurant to making money to finding the right personal trainer to finding the real estate investor to anything. It's and now it's more easier. than ever, there's no excuse. No, you're right. You're no right. Excuse. Start a podcast or right. you know host a mini mastermind virtually. Like you know, the, you're like, oh yeah. Well, how am I going to start a podcast if you know I have a thousand followers on Instagram and I don't know anyone? Well, who gives a shit? Yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter. You know, you can start the podcast or you can find five people who are at the same level as you and have a mastermind and bring in, try and get one person to give thirty minutes of their time who's at a higher level than. Those people, and you don't know room. who they know. Yeah, and then and then you know you yeah. have a good little session. <laughs> you have a good little session, and and everybody in the group says, "Wow, that was really valuable. Can we do this again next month?" And and I can bring this person, and it grows from there. It's not gonna you're not gonna have um, you know three three hundred thousand people in your Rolodex and and be partying till nine in the morning on a, on a Monday like perp. perp but perp, well, good job, perp. I, mean, I love but, how you call him a promoter. By the way, he's gonna hate that if he Josh if he does listen to this, he's gonna hate the fact that he got called a promoter. <laughs> What is he, a, a host? He's a, a VIP. I, I guess you would consider him. I mean, I'm probably going to fuck this up, too. He'll get pissed at me, but VIP concierge, well, I figured I mean, you would call that. He, he's he's everybody's he friend. Does it. That's what he is. Everybody's friend. I could, he's a riot. I could only imagine how many messages that guy gets on his phone. Oh, my God. I, It'd be insane. And his Instagram. Well, yeah. for a long time, for a long time, he was such a savage. He didn't follow anybody. So I'm like, bro, you're posting all, like four times a day. The only thing you're seeing on your feed is you. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, uh, it's a whole new world down here, and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, we hit an hour, so it was flew by. No, this flew by. This you know, I awesome. think we could talk forever, but I think that that's a great way to wrap it up or I get on purple. So. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, listen, more than happy to come back with, uh, with the brains behind uh, the, my team, Michelle. Yeah, anytime. Oh, definitely get on. Anytime. Ring. Or come in and have a, a you know, podcast battle with Perp. We'd have to have it at like you know four o'clock in the morning in the back room at Live or something. <laughs> well, there used to be a club yeah. underneath Live, like a little hip hop yeah. club. No it way. Used to be, yeah, yeah, it used to be fire. Yeah. Last thing. Yeah. So I'd be getting up at four o'clock in the morning, and he'd be halfway through his day, and we, we could have the podcast then. Yeah. So where can people ask him to get you into all these nightclubs? Because <laughs> because I literally, even though you couldn't get go me to sleep, even though you couldn't get you came, three hours before they closed, three hours before they closed. Um, where can people find you on social media? How can they reach out to you to work with you guys? Yeah, at Real Craig Ballantyne on Instagram. That's pretty much the main one that we do. And then, you know, hit me up. I've got a bunch of books, and I didn't write the books not to be read. So all I'd the love plugs to, in there. Yeah, I'd love to send you a copy, a ebook, audiobook, free, no opt-in required. I'll just send you the 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 book, the perfect week formula is my newest book, best book that we've written. Awesome. And, and it'll just help you get more done and make more money and have more time for what matters. I'm going to get my hands on that for yeah. sure. I'll say yeah. That. Yeah. hundred times. That'd be great. So like, I like to wrap things we up. We love books. We always got the burner <laughs> around. <laughs> That's, That's true. A ton of books. 
We like to wrap it up with a burner round. So quick oh, little, I like this. Quick I little like fire this. question. All right. First question. Since I know you mentioned you come from the fitness background, I got to ask, what is your favorite fitness tool? And you would only be able to use one. Which one would it be? Uh, trap bar deadlift. Bar. Okay. Question number two. I wasn't sure what, like, what you meant by tools. So tools, that was a yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah, you got okay. it. You also, got it. also, we haven't heard that one yet, and I love the trap bar. Oh, yeah. Bar, I mean, so. Which like, we haven't heard solid. that one yet. Yeah. Yeah. And I know he's a big fan of that. I love yeah. the trap bar. If I could only do one exercise, it wouldn't be rowing. It'd be that. Facts. <laughs> yeah. Question number two. What has been the craziest and wildest experience you have had in Miami so far? Well, considering I go to bed at 8 o'clock at night, it's not going to be too hard. But So anyways, the other week I was um, at this mastermind, and this guy, Dan Fleischman, he's, he's, a, got a, he's a big social media. That was media. the Rick Ross? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the Rick Ross thing wasn't actually the, the most interesting thing. But the night before, he had a party out in Key Biscayne at some house out there. It was really nice and a nice view. And then they had two chains come out. Was and that at the Versace Mansion? No, the, the Versace Mansion was, was Rick Ross. Ross. Okay. And, that, and that was like a sit-down interview, and that was really good. Okay. But the this place in Key Biscayne, you know, I looked on the Zillow. It was like an $8 million house, and it looked over the water. And it was cool. I'd never been out there. And then 2 Chains came out. And I don't – I'm <laughs> You got to love Miami. I'm not a hip-hop Dude, fan. You gotta love but, you know, I think I had heard one of his songs, and it was just a, it was just a whole bunch of awkward, um, you know, my age – rich white guys dancing around two chains and it was just like funny like them all getting selfies with them and anyways so that was i mean i was out till eleven thirty that night which is the latest i've been out probably in three to four years wow yeah that's i think um who was it uh was david Meltzer out there david Meltzer is i met is him the day group. before yeah. we linked up the day before and then i know uh i think kent was out there too yeah kent was there and um I think Jim Quick, you know who Jim, Jim Quick, Quick, yeah. He was there, but I think he was listening to an audiobook off in the While back corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it was it was like That's what is he doing? He's just back in the corner with his AirPods and he's like <laughs> Maybe he had I two chains it. playing on. Yeah, so maybe. He's maybe. like, is he gonna miss a yeah. is he gonna miss a, a lyric? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Quick spoke at that mastermind and it was fantastic. He really uh he's brilliant it's mind. Like power of the minds right yeah. there. All right. Next question. Well, actually, final question. What is the biggest piece of advice you can leave off to our listeners today in one sentence? Get connected with Perp. Get connected. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, the best piece of advice. Well, I mean, honestly, oh, man, it's. That's funny. I mean, Perp is the model, and so everybody listening, you guess what are you talking about? You just have to look up. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be in to know Perp. But, oh my God. but we'll, we'll drop so, the little link. So in he there. knows everybody, and everybody knows him. And everybody knows that when you know him, you have a great time. And the great time is what people are seeking when they go to him. Therefore, and this is one sentence, uh, therefore become connected and deliver greatness to everybody who gets connected with you. And then your life will become easy, 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 easy when you help more people. Uh, Zig Zig, what did Zig Ziglar say? Uh, you'll get everything you want if you help everyone else get what they want or mm. something like that. So Zig, Zig had it uh, before perp. Boom, man. What a, what a great win. Thank you so much Yo, Craig, for coming to the studio. We this really appreciate it. Guys, you heard it from the legend himself, Craig Ballantyne. Whew. What a legendary episode this was. If you guys want to follow Craig, make sure you go to the real, the real Craig Ballantyne. Real, just real, real, real Craig, Craig Ballantyne. Real 
Make sure you guys uh, check out his masterminds, everything he's got going on. Phenomenal stuff. And if you love the episode, you love what we got going on with the pod, make sure you leave a rating and review. Make sure you subscribe. Helps us out a lot. We appreciate you all. Until next time.